welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning and welcome to Woman Lead Radio brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Melissa Washington, your host of Women Veterans in Business. And our topic today is we're going to be talking all about leadership. And we have our leading lady today, Linda Patton, who's an Army veteran, and she's the founder of Dare to Lead with Linda. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Melissa. How are you? I'm doing great, great. Thank you so much for um, being here on the, on the show. Uh, thank you for your service. Um, so and we're, going to, we're going to talk about all kinds of things with around leadership and and you've got um you're an author you're a speaker and and i and i love the book every time this this book pops up that i see it um i love the no one stood up when i entered the room you know one woman's journey from command to true leadership and i'm sure a lot of women here on the call can relate to that right when go in and 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 no one stood up so we're we're gonna we're gonna get, get into that a little bit more um as well but first of all i wanted to Thank you for your service, and just share a little bit about your, um, your, your when you left the military, you were Army major, um, so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your experience uh, in the military. Melissa, my experience was fascinating. I mean, we started, uh, obviously, at Fort McClellan, because I'm that kind of a leader, um, and you know, learned how women were leading at that time, and, and we really didn't have our own style. We were on the command side. You know, we had to do everything better than the men did, and, and we did. We had higher qualifications for getting into the service at the time, and our women were actually pretty stellar as far as um, both the enlisted and, and the officers. I was a protocol officer for a four-star general, loved working with General DePew, and it was a real honor to be there, and I got to do a couple of really innovative things with him that no one thought he'd be excited about. Uh, When I left the service, um, I moved to Dallas, Texas, where my husband was going to law school, and I completed my master's degree. We did get back into the reserves once I moved to California and had some interesting experiences there as well. But definitely the leadership style was all command. And share, share that a little bit. So we may have people that are listening that um, were not in the military um, and understanding. Mm-hmm. So can you just, ex- just expand upon that just a, a little bit more for those that may not have been in the military to understand that? The, yes, absolutely. The style of leadership that's used in the military, and as first responders, it's a style that's needed. And that's called, it's called command, and basically giving people commands. You're telling them what to do, when to do it, how to do it, all of that. And you started as a basic training officer or in a basic training company, and 
the people that you were dealing with were all brand new and you wanted them to do things in a particular way at a particular time. And there was no one who argued with you about it, although I did have a sergeant who did. Um, and so when you said something like, a change front, everybody moved. And to be a parade adjutant, you were standing in front of a group of 2,400 women. And when you issued a command, which was a two-step process, they all moved at one time. And I have to tell you more. So that is such a powerful situation to be in, is to watch 2,400 people turn to the right, march, salute, whatever it was, the command that you gave them. And command is all around structure, strategy, organization, and telling people what to do. Absolutely. And a lot of that's that military precision that all goes into that. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. it's, it's it's so interesting, too. So, you know, even have having served in there, it still kind of gives you goosebumps sometimes to, well, not sometimes, all the time, just to see that, um, that, that precision. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And then having and, been part of it. Yes. Well, and the interesting thing is when you do have an outlier, somebody who says, I'm never going to salute you, uh, I'll walk around the block before I have to salute a female officer. It's always sort of fun to figure out a way that he's going to have to salute you and he's going to have to stand at attention, even though he swears he will never do that. And I did that to a sergeant when I was posted up at Fort Devons, Massachusetts. He swore he would never salute me. He would never follow a command that I gave him. And I knew where he was going for lunch and I happened to get there before him and walked out the door right in front of his face. He had to salute me. Mm-hmm. And it, it, this, this little, you know, little piece of pride that says, on the other hand, the command style doesn't work for everything or for everybody, but it was, it was very interesting in the military. Um, and you're right, you get goosebumps, thinking about people moving at the sound of your voice. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that doesn't really work in, in, in the corporate world, right, with that. So, so tell me, what was the defining moment that, that set you on this path to becoming a, a leadership expert? I think, Melissa, the, the key thing was I had very distinctive times in my life. So I was in the military um, after college and into graduate school and learned that side of it, the masculine side. When I got out, I went into corporate, and because about 80% of the men that I worked with were ex-Vietnam veterans, they also led by command. They were still in the process of telling people what they do, how to do it, when to do it, and all of that, and expected people to jump to it. And we did. And I, felt, I have to tell you, I felt really comfortable in corporate at that time, uh, all of my mentors were males. They taught me a really strong ethic as far as leadership was concerned. I had a strong organization. I had strong structure, strategy. I knew where we were going. If you think of this in terms of a dance, it's the masculine side. And, you know, the males, for the most part, if they're dancing with an, another woman, or if they're dancing with a woman, they hold the structure, the strategy, and how the dance is going to go. And it's the other side. It's the 
feminine side that actually shows the flair and the excitement and the, all, of, all of that's in the dance. Well, I didn't learn the other side of leadership, which I call influence, and I think so does John Maxwell. Uh, it's the creativity, the collaboration, the cooperation, the compassion, all, the collaboration, all of that is on the feminine side. And so if you as a leader don't have both sides, you've cut off a piece of what makes leadership so powerful. So if you're only using influence, you're missing the structure and strategy. If you're only using command, you're missing the the creativity and the artistic and, and all of that that goes into a project or a plan or whatever it is. Well, I learned that lesson after I left corporate and started my own business. And I found that if you don't have both, people will also take advantage of you as a leader, especially if you are sitting on the influence side and wanting to almost be a pleaser, a people pleaser, and your people can run all over you because of that. Um, Well, this is actually a a perfect time because I need to take a quick moment to recognize uh, one of our sponsors and partners. Um, Woman Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good and are working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. Thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all our sponsors and partners. All right, so we're back to women veterans in business, and with us today is Linda Patton, and we've been, we've been talking about uh, leadership, and we're going to talk more about about leadership, about Linda's experience in leadership, and also to, you know, you you started your own business and where that lead led to, and and also too, I you know want to talk about again, you know, if, if there are people on here listening as far as you know learning about your path um, to that, mm-hmm. so you. In the military, went to corporate, left corporate, and you started your own business. So when you when you started your business, and, and again, this is women veterans in business, and our, our radio show. So was that your intent? So when you got out and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this, what was it? Did you want to be an author? Do you want to be a speaker? Do you want to be a coach? I mean, what was your what what was going on at at, at that time? What were you thinking? When I got out, I was thinking I just need a job since I was going to school, <laughs> school full time. Uh, and so I I ended up with a an insurance company and you know, very masculine driven. I think one of the most unique things was one of the gentlemen called me into his office and he said, you come out of the military, you understand this. I'm going to chaw for a moment. And so he reached in and got a chaw and put it between his lip and his gum and then continued to spit for the rest of the, the meeting. It's like, I may be in the military, but I don't appreciate rudeness. Um, so anyways, I, I stayed in real estate, learned, you know, that things weren't much different in business at that time. Again, because the, the individuals I was working with had all just come out of Vietnam. Went into banking, learned how to train 
and learn how to stand up in front of groups of people. And Melissa, maybe we should go back to uh, this is terrible when I was five. I was told I should never stand up in front of groups of people and talk, that I wasn't good at it. And that little piece of information definitely defined me for a long time. When I was asked by my commander in, in Massachusetts to speak in front of groups of high school students and to encourage them to join the military, I went, no, 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 no. You want somebody else. You don't want me. He said, no, you're going to do it. You're going to lead my people, and you're going to be successful. Well, you know, like, how can you not do that? And I did. I actually led a group of four other uh, officers enlisted men who were going out to high school and recruiting folks for the service. I had twice as many recruits as, as the guys did. And I thought, how? I can't stand up in front of people to speak. Well, not only did I do it there, but I went back to McClellan and I was a training officer standing in front of groups of people and speaking. Again, I didn't use the lesson plan. I created my own and I used a lot of dialogue, which is more the feminine side of leadership and got them involved in the conversations and this kind of thing. And then with the four-star general, again, I, 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 <laughs> I co-opted his lunch. This is a man who loved, we thought, loved chef salad. That's the only thing he ever ordered. And I looked at the prices and I went, sir, do you really think the general likes chef salad or that it's just the cheapest thing on the menu? And my colonel said, oh, absolutely, he loves it. He just loves it. Well, I tested that. I got chefs to give us some really great meals and put them on his uh, visit uh, plan. And he didn't even look at the left side of it, of it. He only looked at the pricing, circled the cheapest thing on the menu, and handed it back to me, which was not chef salad. And it's interesting that I used the feminine side even in a heavily masculine world. Um, when, as I said, went through the insurance companies to Bank of, the Bank of America and Crocker Bank in training. So, again, standing up in front of people and speaking and teaching them things and having them experience different products, problem-solving, decision-making, that kind of thing. And so I, I used the feminine side, even though I didn't recognize that that's what it was, it really wasn't until I got out, and it's going on 35 years now, that I started my own business. And we started actually in association management. So we dealt with professional associations, like the American Society of Training and Development, which has it in name now. And we were their uh, admin staff. We did everything. And so learning how to work with volunteers, number one, and primarily women, number two, in a way that they could hear you was very, very important. And so it wasn't the command style. It was more the influence with structure. So uh, the first time we would sit down as a, a group, I'd have the officers put on a a sheet of paper, what are all the tasks that you have to do as the VP of membership, the VP of um, education, whatever it might be? And they'd write them all in the, on the flip chart. And then I'd say, okay, circle the ones that you like to do that you can't wait to get started on. And I did. I said, okay, all the rest of it's mine. And 
that's how we kept our leaders on the board was because they got to do the stuff that they loved to do that was fun and whatever. And we did the other, I don't want to say drudgery, but the things like the newsletter and setting up meetings and making sure the speakers were okay, all of that that had to be done in order for them to shine at a meeting or in a training or whatever it might be. So without knowing that I was using both sides, I found that I had to do that influence side in order to have people hear me. And, and that's going to lead me to my next question. And um, yes. you've been talking about the male and the female leadership strengths, mm-hmm. right? Which right. led you to a whole share, – share this, share this leadership model. Um, and <laughs> and I'm, that's, right, that's where it came from, right? The, the male and the female, the right. different leadership strengths. And you created your own leadership model. And, and please share about that. Thanks. Yes. Having – sort of experience this more blindly than actually having a a plan that this is what I was going to do. I found that there were certain places where if I used the the influence side, I wasn't, I wasn't getting what I wanted. I had my, my people were running to the hills. If I used command, I, my uh, partners were one and done, never wanted to see me again. And I thought, okay, neither one of these by themselves, is a successful model. And I'm sorry, John Maxwell, but that's what I believe. Um, I think to have a strong leadership capability, you blend both the telling command side with the feminine influence side. And I actually, in a class, was asking my students, I said, what do we call this? What is it? And they, they, they threw up all sorts of things, including confluence which is what rivers do. They come together as a confluence to become a larger river. I said, no, that's, that's close, but that's not it. And so what I did was I took the first three letters of command because you still need the telling style. If you're in an emergency, let's say there's a fire in the building and you're a firefighter and you're there with a whole bunch of people who were up in the uh, sky lounge and you need to get them out and you need to get them out safely and quickly. And you say, we're going to use that left staircase. Everybody follow me. And you've got three or four people on the right staircase. Yeah, you know, I would really like this staircase better. Couldn't we go down this one? The answer is no. And you don't want, in that kind of a situation, people to argue, put up new ideas. It's this way or the highway. And so the command is, is that piece of it. It's the structure and the strategy. On the influence side, there are times when you don't want to tell, that you want to get collaboration, that you want to have discussion about something. And it's understanding how to flow from one to the other and back. I'll give you a quick uh, example. I was on a jury, and I don't get on juries very often because my husband was an attorney, and they don't like me. Uh, and so... I was, I was shocked when I was actually on it, but it was a criminal case. And, and we had five um, counts that we had to determine guilty or not. And we got the, the case on Thursday afternoon, and I, I saw where we were going with this. And I asked the bailiff for five sheets of flip chart paper and markers 
and I put the counts on the flip chart paper and what it took to convict. That was the command. That was the organization and the structure. My strategy was to have a discussion on each one of these and to determine, do we have enough information? Do we need more information? How would we vote? We went through those five without not, without not not listening to what people had to say. That was the great thing, was that they could begin a dialogue. We'd listen to it. We'd add things to it, whatever. And so they felt heard as we went through each one of those counts. At the end of the day, and it really wasn't that long, we had a verdict. In fact, we had a verdict before 10 o'clock in the morning, and the judge didn't know what to do with us because he just let everybody go. So he ended up having to spend time in Martinez, California, looking at the antique shops while we waited till 1 o'clock when the courts would open up again. So what I learned from this is in a situation like that where you're making decisions, you're doing plans or whatever, you need both sides. And that that also falls over into how do you talk to your potential clients? How do you work with them during uh, an engagement? How do you close that engagement? So it's a process that works well in every situation where you have to show leadership in order to be successful. Well, really quickly, um, just in case our listeners may want to reach out to you after the show, how would you like our listeners to contact you? Probably the best way is through email, and I will give you the address. It's Linda at Dare, the number two lead with Linda dot com. Awesome, and we'll have a link to your website on the show page as well. Um, yes, thank you. Thanks. So, so going back to the um, the leadership and and the um, Having your, you know, you're, you have, you're doing, you have a business. You've created that mm-hmm. piece. Now, just a couple things. So, you know, what, what tip would you have? Let's, let's talk about leadership, and then I want to talk about being a business owner. But first of all, what, what would you give to someone who's looking right now, maybe to step into a, a leadership role? Um, what, what would be your suggestion so that they can begin to own that, um, that role? One of, Melissa, one of the things that I do in any kind of a new situation is I sit back, sit back and watch. I want to see what's the flavor of the company, what's the flavor of the department, uh, what kinds of projects are they working on, where are they on those, who's the leader. I, I want information. And before I jump in and give advice or anything else, I want to know what's going on in the organization. And as a consultant, you often work, walk into organizations not knowing what the climate is. Um, as a trainer, when I'd go into an organization, I sat down with the, the folks who had contracted with us to come in and teach to find out what are the issues, what are the things that you have problems with. So asking some open questions, again, more on the feminine side than even the masculine, and just gathering all that information so that you know how to move forward. The worst thing, I, I think, is coming into a new, new organization and, using, and telling them what they're going to do. Your people will disappear, as will your clients. 
So I think one of the key things in business is you have two ears and a mouth. Use them accordingly. Sit and listen. Ask questions. And just really get a good sense of where are you before you jump in and take over. Mm-hmm. Great, great advice. Now, on the mm-hmm. you're, you're a business owner, right? You have your yes, own your own business. Um, with that, so what 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 would be some advice that you would you would give people looking to to start a, a business? Um, and you know you have you have a service business, right? And you also have your product, which is your 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 book. So with that, how what made you decide I'm going to be a, a business owner and I'm going to do this and how you set up your business? I don't have to get into too much detail, but just as far as that that business aspect. Well, so we actually uh, started as a partnership. Um, I t- had one of the gentlemen who was um, my training manager uh, when the bank was sold and, and we, we went out and went, okay, so what are we going to do now? And we thought we had a really great product that small to medium-sized banks could use. It was a whole training program. What we found was that the banks at that time, that size, were just trying to race ahead of being acquired. And so they weren't doing any training. The business morphed into an association management company because we saw that uh, one of the associations we belonged to the executive director was leaving, and we said, hey, we could do this, and we were selected to do that. We ended up, uh, when we walked away from that business, we had upwards of 15 associations that we managed, and we got to travel the world because many of them were international, and we were setting up conferences and conventions and, you know, just really great stuff, and we learned as we went along. It wasn't what we had intended our business to be um, when... This has been, yes, uh, when the bank that I was working with um, closed, actually was purchased by uh, Wells Fargo, um, I had to, again, morph my business, what we were going to do, what we were going to make this business be. And it was a partnership until my partner died. And then it was, oh, God. I mean, there were so many changes in the business from the time we started it uh, 35 years ago to where it is today that without one having having the ability to bounce back and forth, I don't think the business ever would have been successful. But we've been able to take our experiences, our strengths, and modify the business, change its focus, and that kind of thing. But we started with our strengths. Um, Al and I were both strong trainers, and we started with that. We were also exceptional administrative support people, and in that respect, leading the board of directors. And that has been the core of the business. Uh, And now, yes, I, I do coach men and women in leadership, and I have a training program called Awaken the Leader that takes you through the confluential process. Uh, to work with your strengths and how do you bring the other side, if that's the case, um, up to full strength so that you are a complete leader as opposed to a partial leader. And so I, I, I 
I don't know how else to describe it, but we had one vision and it morphed into several different iterations and it's been fun. It's been a great, as I said, ride from uh, when we left corporate life to what we're doing now. Well, thank you for that. And you know, there has to be a lot of flexibility, right? Like you said, where mm-hmm. you started and then probably where you were and then where you were again and, and then um, where you are now. And you did share um, as far as the best way to contact you is via um, email. And again, we'll also have your website on our um, show page as well. So if anyone is interested in connecting with you regarding um, your, your coaching program um, and your book, um, they can reach out to you there. Um, but Linda, Thank you so much. It was um, great uh, chatting with you. And um, anything you wanted to say before we um, end our show today? Only one thing. You have to be, as a leader and and a business owner, you have to be flexible. You have to be able to move with the times. If you're stuck in a particular business model or whatever and the world changes, it's difficult for you and your business to succeed in the, in the future. Thank you so much for that, Linda. Well, that's our show for today. And again, I'd like to say thank you to our leading lady, Linda, and a special thanks to all our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally, as we are an international show. After our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. We are expanding quickly to a daily radio show and podcast, so for now, we'll be back again for another live Women Lead Radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific. It's been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.